Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. So I'm just getting back from two weeks in the country of Uganda, and I am for sure jet lagged, and I'm trying to make sense of it all. Uh, two weeks was like it's the longest time I've ever been away from my family or my husband. So it was like this upside down world of uh, kind of like me as a person, me free of um, my normal life in some way. So I think I'm still like right in the the midst of trying to understand um, my experience and the, and the outward journey of traveling to Uganda and taking in everything that is going on in that country from poverty to women in education um, to the AIDS epidemic just to the water world water crisis to the things that they're facing on an every daily moment by moment um, part of their life and then simultaneously like the inward journey the journey that runs parallel to what's occurring in the out, outward world um, the inner journey of soul searching and reflection and this time away from my normal life of mom and balancing work and I don't know just kind of felt a little bit sedated I guess I think there was like this there was like a monotony that was beginning to occur for me that was this is Monday this is Tuesday Wednesday and I think it became a little numbing for me and getting to get so far away and so far out of my regular routine I feel like I woke up like there was these moments where I just found myself like, free from, I don't know, worry, free from just the regular trappings. I guess that's the best way I can describe it. I felt like I, um, like when you come home from a long day at work, and you take your bra off. That's what it felt like. Like, ah, oh, freedom. <laughs> so um, the trip in and of itself blew my mind. Um, I've spent uh, many years in the lower regions of Africa in South Africa, namely Swaziland, and have always just been, I don't know, thrilled by the people I've met and the work I've been able to do. Um, but this trip was altogether different. So most often when I have been working um, in different parts of the continent of Africa, I have felt overwhelmed. I felt hopeless. I felt like the problem's too big. I felt like all I can do is just this small drop. I just, I felt like burdened and over, again, just over, entirely overwhelmed by the extent of what I was t- seeing. Um, but this trip, it was something else. So I went with an organization called One at a Time. And it's a, it's an organization that focuses on bringing clean water to children ar- around the world. So this is what, what, was most shocking. When we would pull up to a specific village or to a church or to wherever it is that we were going to be working that day, a school, um, 
we would be able to offer a direct, immediate solution right then. Like from that moment on, those children would have access to clean water. So it was, I don't know what's the word, it's like, it wasn't that we were like hoping that that good would come from our trip or we were hoping that maybe they w- this would bring joy to the kids, but we were literally bringing a solution that could be sustained by their culture that would solve preventable wa- like solution. <laughs> so it was, it was incredible. I feel super stoked to have been able to be a part of an organization and just a trip that was helping children immediately. Um, so yeah, that in and of itself was a beautiful experience to watch their joy. Like when uh, my friend Sean would ask them like, okay, how many of you suffer from, um, from sickness from the water? I mean, it, it was like asking them like, how many of you here are African? Like every, every person was like, uh, why is he asking us this question? Everyone was affected by waterborne illness. Um, it's like the leading cause of death in children globally is from waterborne illnesses and they're preventable. So to watch these children understand like the magic of what was happening in front of them, like took my breath away. Like they saw that water that came from mud, from a pond of stagnant water that is making like a breeding ground for malaria mosquitoes and watch that water go through this filter and come out crystal clear. Like crystal clear they were blown away I was blown away I was like oh my god this thing is incredible so that's what I got to do for two weeks every day we kind of we'd go out and we would um, meet with a different group of people explain how they'll um, have them pull water from their typical water source and then we'd do a demonstration make sure that women and children the most needy families got them first and then encourage them to use them as in, as a community. So if a family got a water filter, then next door, that they could, could they share that? Could they build community? Could they get to know their neighbor? Is there a way that um, what we were doing would also foster a sense of, um, of community? So long short of it, um, incredible. Um, <laughs> that's the outward stuff. The outward stuff was, was everything. Um, the inward journey as well. Um, when I was interviewing, there's a man named Enoch, and he is a like a, a reverend in the Rukunjiri district of Uganda. And I was asking him, like, how do you know where like to distribute the filters? Like, where do they? Where do you go? There's so many people in need. And he looked at me and he's like, Elise, like we go to the most needy first. It's like. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. And then I said, well, how do you know, like, how do you know which one's the most needy then? And he said, well, we break it down by the people in this district. You know, they belong to like this church or they belong to this church or this church. And I asked him, I said, well, like, like, is that everybody then? Like, what if they don't belong to a church? And he stopped the conversation, like looked right at me and he said, Elise, everyone belongs somewhere. And it like pierced me a little bit. Like everyone belongs somewhere. (laughs) I think it caught me off guard because again, everybody that I was meeting was new to me, but for Enoch in this part of Uganda that he has loved so deeply, he knows every person, he knows where they all belong and everyone belongs somewhere. Everyone belongs to someone. And it was like this 
really rich, deep sense of belonging that no one would be missed and that everyone had a place, everyone belonged somewhere there. Uh, it, the, that statement, when Enoch said that to me, um, I felt the gravity of it in the moment, but then it stuck with me throughout the rest of the trip. Like it kept kind of coming back to me, those words that everyone belongs somewhere. And um, I am, I, <laughs> I think my husband was afraid I like might not come home. I think he thought, okay, she's going to call me from Africa and be like, um, bring the kids. <laughs> We're posting up over here. Um, and part of that is because I... I never thought that I would be married. I never thought that I would have kids. I never thought that I would live stateside. I I had plans for my life that involved like living in Africa and living and working with um, children, um, abandoned babies. That was my plan. And every year that we'd go to Africa, I just felt this like deep longing, this sense of like, ah, oh, I want to be here. I want to be here. I want to be here. I don't want to leave. Um, just intimately like familiar with the people I was working with and wanting to stay. And this was the first trip I've taken to Africa since getting married and since having kids. And the trip was totally different for me. It was different for me because this is uh, the first trip I've gone on where I felt like I had a place that I belonged, um, that I had a home and a family and a, and people that were waiting my return. And it was the first time that I felt like I was in Africa, this land that I thought was my destiny and realized that there is a place in the world that I have belonging. It like humbled me. It um, moved me, obviously makes me emotional to think about it, but that for the first time in my life feeling like I have a place. Um, I have a role. I belong somewhere to someone, to three little someones. <laughs> um, and it, I don't know, it kind of like rooted me this time. I felt like I got what Enoch was saying in a totally different way, that, that I also belong into a region, that I belong to a people, that I belong to a family, that I belong to a mission. And I felt like a, a resurgence, like this sense of um, a renewed commitment to a vision of what my work is here in the United States. It was a wonderfully reorienting experience. And when I came home and my husband looked at me and was like, you came back. And I was like, yeah, I, I came home and I got to thank him for giving me what I never could have imagined for myself. He's given me a family. He's given me a place to belong. He's given me a place to call home. And um, I feel so deeply thankful for that experience. So what that got me thinking about is a couple things. One, um, some career changes I have to make. And I'm doing that today. <laughs> um but it also got me thinking about the people who listen to TrailerCast. You know, as you've journeyed with me um, over these last few months, thinking and, and learning and reflecting and hearing um, about different things that go on. But I wanted to, to think about what it would be like for you to hear this episode. And that if you were sitting here with me in the trailer, hearing about my trip and looking at pictures of all those faces and smiles and eyes of all the 
laughter, um, wildness and freedom. I'd wonder what, what you feel when I say that everyone belongs somewhere. Do you have that? Do you feel like you know where you belong? Do you feel orphaned? Do you feel like you're out to sea? Or do you know? Like, do you know where it is you fit into this world? Who your people are? I'd really want to sit and unpack that with you. I'd, I'd want to know because I know it now too. You belong somewhere. You belong to someone. You belong to something that is bigger than you. I spent so many years not totally getting that, right? Like wanting it, hoping it, and then just kind of going along, thinking that maybe I would collide with it someday. And I hope that for you. Like if you're listening and you're thinking, I don't know. I don't know if I know where I belong or fit in or to whom. I would encourage you to take a moment, to take some time to put your life on pause, to reflect at where you feel this is where home is. This is where I belong. This is the people to which I belong. Is it a friendship? Is it a marriage? Is it a family? Is it your work? Is it your church? Is there community that you can create? Like, are, are you tired maybe of the, of the community that you belong to right now? Are you craving something different, something more, something extra, something anchoring? What are you waiting for? What do you need? What belonging does your soul thirst for? I hope you find it. I hope you bask in it. I hope you find freedom in it. I hope you make your own community richer by being a part of it and giving yourself to it. Here's the thing. Don't wait. Like, don't wait all your years to, to hope to stumble upon the community that you are made to be a part of. Find it. Like, like don't wait. Don't wait any longer. Um, make it today. Um, when I was... When I okay, here's one of my things. I was sitting with a person on this trip, and the beauty of like intergenerational relationships is the gift of perspective, wisdom. Um, someone who's farther along the road who can look back and like give me these like little breadcrumbs along the path. And as I was like processing out loud with him, like this, this place that I'm at in my career, do I, do I go down this road or do I go down this road? And he just looked at me again and he said, Elise, do what you love. And it was like the most obvious statement in the world when he said it, but it kind of, it put a bunch of things into place for me. Um, it gave me like this permission, um, this confirmation, the stamp of, yeah, yes, that's what I will do. And, and I don't know, maybe we need that. Maybe we need other voices in our life to, to encourage us along the way and to the next thing. Sometimes we need someone to say, hey, I see that you're gifted in this area and, and why, are you, why aren't you pursuing that? Why aren't you doing that? Or here's what I'm seeing over here or this or what I wish, have known, I, wish I would have known when I was your age or some, some best business tips. <laughs> like, there is a thirsty generation of people that need wisdom from other generations. So when you're thinking about building community, make sure it's diverse. Make sure that it, not everyone looks just like you and has the same life experience that you do. 
build a community, set a table where there are many stories that are available to the larger narrative that you're forming. Find people who have had different experiences and are, are farther along the journey or not as far along, right? I think about how rich that potluck of experience is when we all come together bringing something a little bit different. I'm walking away from these last two weeks um, feeling solid and strengthened, uh, encouraged and ready. I'm putting in my two-week notice at my main job today and I feel a sense of mourning um, and yet greater than that, the sense of eagerness to um, take myself up on all the things I've been building towards, to going into solely private practice, to pursuing speaking, to doing more of the things that I love, to writing, to getting to say yes to myself and all the dreams that I am, that are within me to accomplish. And it feels, um, <laughs> it feels like a lot of things, but it feels right at this point. And so again, I can't help but think of this shared space that trailer cast is and to think like, what is it that is within your heart that's jumping, that's knocking, that is saying, oh my gosh, could that be for me too? Could I take that leap? Um, and what do I need to do to take that leap so I can, I can take it wisely? So I hope that today you are, um, you're more aware. I hope that you are aware of the world water crisis and know that there's a simple, preventable, immediate solution available. You can check out um, one at a time at www.oneattatatime.org. Um, I hope that you take a moment to pause. I hope that you build community and get into it, that you know that you belong somewhere. Listen to me. You belong. You belong. I hope you know that for yourself deeply. I hope that you set a rich table of community, that you can have voices from multiple generations, multiple diverse experience, people speak and shape your life. And I hope that you use your voice too, right? If, I hope that you speak truth to somebody. I hope that you speak encouragement and freedom. I hope that we can do that for each other. And I hope that it starts here today. Bonus addition to this week's episode. I recorded this episode in a couple different um, parts or times, I'm sure you could tell by the audio quality. Um, and I want to explain what happened the rest of the week. So I got off the plane, like raring to go, Re reoriented, stoked, full, uh, settled in a way that, I, that maybe I hadn't been in a long time, maybe ever committed to making change, putting like feet to my faith or what, however you want to say that. I'm just going to do it. I was going to just do the thing. So I walk into my boss's office on Friday and I let him know that I've been so thankful for our time and I'm, and then I, and then I'm done. And we spent the next like hour and a half just dri driving around and him trying to like talk me out of that experience. And I'm, it was confusing for me. I'm not going to lie. Confusing because I, I, before I walked in there, as I'm sure, as you heard already on this exact episode, committed to what was about to happen. And so then I got twisted in my head and then I came home and like looked at my husband and I was like, Hey, here's what just happened. Here's what I'm thinking through. Here's what I'm wrestling with. And my husband was just like, Elise, it doesn't, doesn't sound like you have any good reason to like stay at that job besides like people pleasing or fear. 
No, I mean, that's that's true. I want to stay for security and for fear that I won't be able to do what, what I want to do. And again, it's like, are those ever reasons that are that propel me forward? Are those are those reasons made out of freedom? No, those are reasons that are keeping me stuck. So resolutely, I was like, okay, come on, girl, get your head back in the game. I want to move forward and there are going to be Um, very convincing, confusing arguments that want to keep us stuck, want to keep us where we are. I just finished reading um, The War of Art. Um, If you hear anything today, buy that book and read it, The War of Art. And there's this concept of resistance. And it's like this battle of all the things that keep us from making the art that we were created to make. And that is almost what I heard as we were driving around in that car, like the lure of safety, the lure of predictability, the lure of salary, all of the things that make objective sense, but none of which like call to my soul, like none of which like cause me to have to risk something, fight for something, go for something, create something, do what I tell other people to do. So I had to follow back up and send an email again, just resolutely confirming that I'm taking myself up on me, that I am, my plan in moving forward is to build a, uh, build a stronger private practice and to go after, to go after what I started out with. So, so here's to that. Um, I wanted you to hear the rest of this week so that way you'd know exactly where I was at, that Sometimes in our pursuit of what is next or right or full or more, uh, there are these hiccups of doubt. And that is what I was encountering on Friday afternoon. Like, oh, goodness, hesitancy, like climbing to the top and then like realizing how big the jump is and then committing and saying, no, I'm going for it and just taking that jump. And today on this side of things, I feel like, hell yeah. (laughs) Like it's on. This is, this is the thing. So watch me. That's what I wanted to say to him. Watch me because I'm going to do it. I'm going to build something. Um, and it's going to be great. So here is to actually doing the thing and taking ourselves up on all the dreams that we have, um, to looking and leaping into making this place more beautiful, more magical, even more honest. I hope that for you this week as well, and can't wait to continue in this shared journey with each of you. May something shift in you this week as you're listening. Uh, May you get curious. Uh, May you get feisty. (laughs) May you get bold. May you work from a place of belonging, knowing that there is a community to which you are valuable and important. Would you take yourself up on you Would you borrow confidence from a friend? Would you be able to do the things that you wanted to do in this life and not feel like it's too late, too risky, too much, too something, right? Let's do the thing. Cheers. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. To connect with me, suggest a topic for the show, or ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered, email me at elise at trailercast.com. 
E-L-Y-S-E at TrailerCast.com. You can also see more on the TrailerCast website or follow me on Instagram at TrailerCast, where you can watch the renovation of my vintage mobile office and see more from behind the scenes. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends. 